0: And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And ca- how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? For the believer, this may be three of the most convicting, penetrating scriptures. And all of the Bible. About how God intends. To build his kingdom. To where people come to the knowledge. And the saving knowledge of a holy and a righteous God. Is through us. How convicting is it. Even to hear a self-proclaimed atheist just ask the question, how much do you have to hate someone? Not to tell them. We're in this series and we're looking at what it means to be a disciple of Christ or a follower of Christ. And, and we've learned that in this series that it starts with a relationship with him to where we come into a relationship with him, to where it's not knowing a lot about God, it's not just knowing some facts about God, but it's to where we know him personally, to where maybe the overall goal would be to know God, but there's a, a smaller goal, there's a daily goal, and that goal would be to spend time with him. So that when we we come into this relationship with Him and we're willing to open up His Word and spend time with Him and out of that relationship we have a relationship with Him and we have a relationship with others, we have a relationship with the church and guess what, from what He tells us we also have a relationship to the world to those who do not know Him. That we have a responsibility to where we understand that we are a part or it has been given to us a task to build his kingdom in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, iPads, Nooks, Kindles, phones, whatever you use, you can turn there or click there, however, uh, whatever media you use. Here's what the scripture says, and I just have three principles this morning on what it means to be a part of building his kingdom. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal uh, procession and through us uh, spreads the fragrance of knowledge of him. Everywhere. Everywhere we go. How will your friends know? How will your community know? How will people that you work with know? How do the people know that you go to school with? How do the, your, the closest relationships know? What he says is through him, through that relationship, that he comes to, as we talk to them, and it's everywhere that we go. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are, being, who are perishing To one, a fragrance of death to death. That's talking about people who are without Christ. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men and women of sincerity, as commissioned by God. In the sight of God, we speak in Christ, Three things about how God builds his kingdom and how we are a part of that. Fact is, we are a very important part of that. Let me just give you the three principles just really quick and we'll walk back through that so that we kind of all know where we're going. He sends us, He works through us, and He uses our life. And our lips He sends us He works through us And he uses our life And he uses our lips The first one is this He sends us In verse 14 The scripture says Thanks be to God Not thanks be to all the perfect Christians Who have everything right And do all the right things And don't do any other wrong things No He says thanks be to God He doesn't even say Thanks be to the pastor See there's a lot of Christians There are a lot of people in churches That believe You know what That's the pastor's job That's the staff job That's what we pay those people for they're the ones that make God known they're the ones that spread the word they're the, words, the ones that, we, that, that talk to people about Christ and their relationship he didn't even say thanks be to the church you know what he said he said thanks be to, thanks be to God Man, thanks be to God and when we come into a relationship with him he brings us into a relationship with him so that we know that we have a relationship with him and we have eternal life and we have forgiveness of sin and then we're to join the search for others. It is not just for ourselves. And when we come into that relationship with him, this, it should be so personal, it should be so intimate that that relationship overflows in our life and we make Him known everywhere we go. When you have a deep, intimate relationship with Him, you cannot help but talk about Him everywhere you go. And He's telling us that He has given us the responsibility To build his kingdom in 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, verse 5. Now that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us. This is one of the barriers, just real quick. Man, I'm telling you, we have got to get this, we have got to understand this. There are so many people. You say, well, wait a minute, I, I would share my faith, but I've, I feel insufficient. What am I supposed to say? What if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? What if it's awkward? Hello, it's supposed to be awkward. And listen, let me tell you something. If you find your approval from people, if you worry what they think about you, what they'll say about you, about your reputation, you will never share your faith. Because you will be worried how they will view you or how they will look at you from that moment on. It is a huge barrier in your life if you're not careful. And he says that the sufficiency is not in ourselves, right? But where's your sufficiency? The sufficiency is in God. If you get your approval anywhere in this life, then from God, you will struggle in life. And you will never share your faith. You will never have that awkward conversation. Because you love them and you worry where they're going to spend eternity. When you look at the Gospels, you find. The fact is, if my memory is correct, in, in John chapter 16 all the way through John 21, 42 different times, it says Jesus was sent into this world. That he had a mission he had a purpose and that he was fully God he wasn't part of God he wasn't a little bit of God he was fully God and he took on flesh so that it answered the question if you want to know what God is like you look at Jesus and in John chapter 8 verse 12 Jesus made this statement and he says you know what I am there's several of his I am statements and he says I am the light of the world in other words, the world was spiritually dark. And people needed a relationship with God. And he took on human flesh. And he said, I am the light of the world. Have you ever wondered what is a real definition of, of the word light? If you look it up in the Webster, you'll find that there's over 32 definitions for that word light. Word light basically means a substance, something that gives us the ability to See. The eye is a, is a complex uh, creation. fact is, there's over 40 complex parts that make up the eye. There's a lot of people that still, even experts, still don't understand how the eye functions. It is such a mystery. And the eye takes in light. It reflects light. It changes light into an impulse so that the, the brain can see an image. Physically, without light, it is impossible to see. I don't know if you've ever been in a room where there was truly absence of light. I've thought about killing all the lights in this place, but we got so much equipment and gear and little lights and LEDs that it would be it'd be impossible to get it totally dark in this place. On one vacation we went to Carlsbad Cavern and if you if you been there, you know what I'm talking about, but they they take you and they put you in this elevator and you go like, you feel like you're at the center of the earth. You just keep going and going and you get down and they they give all these demonstrations and talk and all this stuff. And at some point they warn you and they tell you that they're going to kill the lights. I'd never been. I'd never been in a room like that in my life where there's just true absence of light. And when they killed the lights, you absolutely could not see. You could put the hand in front of your face, and you could feel the breath, your breath on your hand, but you could not see it. I wasn't prepared for how unsettling that was. The picture of hell is this, the absence of light. Why? Because God is not there. In fact, his psychologists tell us that we basically need a couple of things for security. We need need a reference to be able to see and then we need a physical reference, something to hold on to. And the scripture tells us that the Bible is absence of anything physical to hold on to or to stand. It's absence of light. Physically. We cannot see without light. And can I tell you this? Spiritually. We cannot see. We cannot see without, without light. And Jesus came and he's fully God. And he said, I am the light of the world. And in Hebrews, talking about the Old Testament... Hebrews 1, 1 says, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the, by the prophets. And so in the Old Testament, they knew the power of God by the, the miracles and the sovereignty of God by creation. And, and uh, Verse 2, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed by heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on on high. And so Jesus is God in the flesh. He is fully God. He is not a part of God. He is not a little bit of God. Colossians 2.9 talks about his deity and says, For in him the whole fullness of his deity dwells bodily. And then Jesus, in John chapter 17, verse 18, talking to the Father, he makes this statement as you have sent me into the world so i have sent them who are the thems and i don't even know if that's a word they're the believers god did not just bring you into a relationship and that was it God brought you into a relationship with him so that his life would flow out of you. And everywhere you go, you would make him known. So I've sent them into the world. And in John 20, 21, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, So I am sending you. How will your co-workers know about God? How will this community know about God? How will your family know about God? How will the people that you go to school with know about God? He is sending you. He has put you in those places, in those situations. Your life is no longer about a career and about education, about the economy and all that other stuff. Man, I'm so burdened about the church that we have missed this. And we think this is somebody else's responsibility. We think it's the professional's responsibility. When God wanted to make himself known to creation, did he come to the edge of creation? Or did he, in our reference, did he stand on Pike's Peak and say, hey, I am God, look at me? He took on human flesh. And he dwelt among us so that we would know. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus makes this statement. He says, you are the light of the world. We have a contradiction in Scripture. Is Jesus confused? One moment he says, I'm the light. No, you're the light. No, I'm the light. No, you're the light. He's saying is this. When you come into relationship with me, guess where I dwell? I dwell in you. And out of that relationship, when you understand what life is about now, that it's not about all of the externals. I mean, this individual with Penn Jillette just went to a simple Las Vegas show. And I don't know what happened in his mind, his heart, his spirit, But he returned the next night to simply hand somebody a Bible and make God known. The life of a Jesus follower, the life of a disciple of Christ is all about relationships. It's about a relationship with him. It's about a relationship with one another, other believers. It's about a relationship with a church. But it cannot stop there. It's about a relationship with the with the world. John 1, 14, he, Jesus is... This is what John says. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory and the glory of, his, of the only Son from the Father full of grace and truth and why? To bring light. Without physical light, we will never be able to see, and without spiritual light, we will not be able to, to see. Sometimes the problem is Christians haven't done a really good job of truly representing who God is. And you can talk to people and you can talk to them who do not know him about Jesus and they say we we like that and, and we, we we like it how he's not condemning and no judgment and forgiving and we love his why well, we've heard about his teachings we've loved his teaching and then you ask them about Christians, and you ask them about the church, and it's like this disconnect. You ask them what they think about Christians, you ask them what they think about the church, and they come back with things like, you know, I, I think there's some, some condemnation there. I think religion, like Penn says, has done some really bad things. I think there's some guilt there, there's some condemnation. There's, there's this sense that you'll never be good enough, you never live up to all these, and all these other things. I wonder how bad does it grieve the heart of the Father when Christians, the church, is supposed to be free of all that, does not represent him properly. And remember the the woman caught in adultery that had a a, a deeply immoral lifestyle and and the religious leaders of their day were going to bring her in front of Jesus for what? For guilt and condemnation. And they bring her in front of Jesus, and Jesus, Jesus asked the question, and, and many of you know the story, but asked the question about, uh, where are those who what? Where are those who condemn you? And she looked around and said, there is no one, because they'd all walked away. Because Jesus has said, whoever of you has, is without sin, you fire away, you throw the first rock. And one by one, they walk away. And this lady did not sense any guilt or condemnation in the presence of God. And don't misunderstand me, he dealt with her sin. He brought her into a relationship with him, and she had this new life. But the thing she did not sense was guilt and condemnation. What would happen if we got that? And we got the issue about how to have a relationship with him. How to have a relationship with one another that is free from all that. How to have a relationship with the church and the community in a lost world. Because I'm telling you, our community, our world needs this deeply. Verse 14 again, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And how, and through us, through the believers, through those that know him, the fragrance of knowledge of him everywhere. How amazing would it be that if every believer in our world, everywhere they went, God was manifesting himself in their life. And people could get a glimpse of what the body of Christ looked like. Well, He not only sends us, but Scripture says, verse 14, He he works through us. When you look at this issue of the fragrance of the knowledge of God, you realize You know what Paul focused on first? Your relationship to Christ. The intimacy that you have and the relationship that you have. The focus for him first. Before what you say and what you do. Was your relationship to him. To where he calls us into a relationship with him who are willing to open up his word and and read it and allow him to reveal himself to us. And then through that relationship, we become more and more like Christ. And he makes himself known through us everywhere we go. See, it's not my job and it's not your job to win the world to Christ. My job is to pursue a relationship with him that is so passionate that is so relational but is so intimate that his life naturally flows out of me he sends us he works through us And then the scripture says that he uses our life and our lips. He uses the testimony in our life that if we're not careful, here he says, and through us, spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. This is location and opportunity that he uses our life he uses our testimony that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works, so that they may see that you are different so they may see that you live life on a different level in a different plane and give g- glory to your father who is in In other words, there are things that we can do to dim the light, to cover the light. Nineteen ninety four, when we were praying about coming to Pueblo, and then ninety five, we started core group training, and and you know I and some others came, and you know we started hearing things like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) You don't understand Pueblo. I mean, you've got to understand Pueblo. Pueblo is not open to the gospel. Pueblo, in case you know, this isn't the Bible Belt where you're coming from. This isn't Texas where you're coming from. And so it's totally different here. And so you know what Pueblo does not need? Pueblo does not need someone coming from Texas telling them how to relate to God and telling them about the, the gospel and a Texas accent and all of those stuff. you just got to tone it down. This is not the Bible Belt. Pastor Dell is back there. He heard the same thing. We heard over and over and over. People, I had one man take me to lunch and says, you know what, I just need to tone you down. You keep using those terms, you keep having that passion because you've got to understand Pueblo. In Pueblo, only 7% of our community on any given weekend goes to a Bible-believing, evangelistic church. This is not the Bible Belt. They're not open to the gospel. And for sure, they're not open to some Texan Tell them about the gospel. you got to turn, tone it down. You know what? After being here since nine, 1995, you know what I have learned? Pueblo, Colorado is open to the gospel. They just want to know if it's real. They just, they just want to know if it's authentic. They just want to know if it's better than what they got. They just want to know if it's free from condemnation and free from being judged and all this religious stuff. And it's not about the externals, but it's about this internal relationship with him. Because I'm telling you, when you come into a relationship with him, and it is intimate and it is personal, and you spend time with him, and you become more and more like Christ, you don't need all the do's and don'ts. You don't need someone telling you you need to share your faith. Because it just flows out naturally. Because it is through us, crazy thing that He has left it up to us to spread the gospel. And He uses our life, but He also uses our lips, if we're willing to have that awkward conversation. We love someone deeply enough that we don't want to see them spend eternity separated from him. And we'll have that conversation. Listen, as a Christian, I've heard tons of talks on sharing your faith, and I've been given, i got a stack of plans. Whether it's the Roman road, four spiritual laws, CPR, critical path to redemption. I mean, I'm telling you, i got like a stack of tracks. I've got a, lot of, a stack of plans. And Friday God just changed my focus for this message. I'm not going to give you a plan and I'm not going to give you a track. Paul worried about your relationship. Let me ask you, where are you with God? I'm not talking about all the external stuff. I'm not talking about whether you consider yourself a Baptist, a Methodist, a Presbyterian, a Catholic, non-denominational, Assembly of God, any of that stuff. That's the externals. Do you realize you can focus so much on the externals one day you can stand before him and not have a relationship with him because you never focused on your soul, on the relationship? It is deeper than that. I am asking you, don't ignore the soul. I am asking you, how is your walk with him? Because we may have three different groups of people in this room. We may have one group of people, and we do, that have an intimate, close walk with him. And it is intimate, and it is strong, and they are spending daily time with him, and they are open up the word, and they are becoming more and more like Christ. Then we may have another group of people that, you know what? They walk with him a little bit. It's kind of distant. It's kind of awkward. It's kind of forced. And then we may have another group, and you know what? You do not have a clue. And guess what? You're in a safe place. And we are glad you are here. So let me ask you again How are you doing with God? How is your walk with Him? Do you know Him? Do you know that you know that you know? Because the scripture says this. His, wit- his spirit will bear witness with your spirit so you'll know. You don't have to go through life hoping that you've done more good stuff than bad stuff so when you die, the man upstairs will let you in. But you can know. You can have that assurance today if you don't have it. So ask him to come into your life and to forgive you for your sins. Maybe you just, maybe for you, you're in that group that i walk with him a little bit. And maybe you just need to make a commitment and say, you know what? God, I've heard hundreds and thousands of sermons. I've been in church all of my life. Can I tell you this? It is more important, it is different. There is a difference between hearing a sermon and hearing from him. To where he speaks into your life and he speaks into the innermost part of your soul. And maybe you just need to make a commitment and say, God, I just want to walk with you. I want that intimacy. And I got some friends that they're gonna die without you. I got some family members. How you doing? what's your walk like